Hello, this is Coach Tim Campbell, and I'm your host for Self-Made is a Myth, Make a Difference Together show, where we're interviewing successful business owners on their journey to building their business. And because we know that achieving success does not happen in isolation, we are recognizing the people who have helped us along the journey to building our business and excelling. I'm excited to have a fellow business owner from Indiana with us today. My guest collects action figures, and movie memorabilia. He spends likes to spend time with his family and is a gamer, and he's most proud of his family, which we're going to have him tell us about here in a little while. It is my pleasure to welcome Joe, the finance guy, to the show today. Hey, Joe. Hey, Tim. Thank you so much for having me on, too. I appreciate that. Yeah, awesome. Well, hey, let's start with having you um, you introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit of your personal story, like where you were born, where you live, um, wow. what's your family. Man, going back 50 some odd years, that's all right. Well, it was in a dark uh, shed somewhere. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> I was born uh, in October 1970. I'm 51 years old. Um, man, trying to tell a little bit about like my past. I'll give you the highlights. Grew up, at, you know, I was born in Evanston, grew up in Round Lake, Illinois, went, graduated high school, Fort Myers, Florida, and they, my mother moved me my senior year. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> if I had to do it all over again, I would have just stayed because all my friends were in Round Lake, but I met some fantastic people in Fort Myers. Uh, from there, I came back home to Illinois, lived with my father in Chicago for a little bit, and I joined the military. And once I was in the military, I went in to becoming a military policeman, went from MP to MP, um, military police traffic accident investigations. And unfortunately I got out, I'm a disabled vet. So I got out after three years. Uh, uh, I have a pin in my hip, one leg shorter than the other. And got out, loved the military though. I loved every bit of me um, being in there. Once I got out, I moved back to Florida, and there, I, I mean, I had such a great time. It, I, I moved in, uh, moved down by where my mother was at the time, my grandparents' house were, or was, and I met some great people, worked at Boca Raton Community Hospital. I did stand-up comedy as well when I was down there a little bit. I dabbled in. Awesome. And yeah, that was... That was quite interesting. Even uh, took a class uh, on how to be funnier, actually, <laughs> how, to write, how to write it uh, better. And there, I, I believe my teacher back then was David Glickman, a uh, funny, funny individual as well. And just, uh, I got to meet some people in the comedy industry. And I even met Andrew Dice Clay at one point in time. Wow. And at, I mean, that was a highlight for me. Yeah. Uh, but I met him at the Boca Raton um, mall that was down there. And he was there shopping um, with his significant other at the time. And we actually had lunch at Great Wraps. It was a wrap place or whatever that one of my friends owned at that time. But anyways, did stand up, moved to South Carolina after Florida, met my wife in South Carolina in 1998 and we've been together ever since i'm married to a new york italian migrated my way up to indiana uh via tennessee as well because we moved to tennessee after south carolina and then 
and and uh, and then Indiana. And I've been here ever since for the past 20 something years. My home is in, you know, in Illinois. And most of my family is still in Chicago and Wisconsin sprinkled out, um, uh, sprinkled out around there. But I'm close enough to home where if there's an emergency, I can get home really quick. Yep. Uh, but I'm far enough away, no surprise visits, which is. <laughs> yes. That's I like being this far, but that's a little bit about me. I have four four children, um, a 29-year-old, 19. The age difference is because we wanted the babysitter first. <laughs> uh, 16 and 15-year-old. And I have two uh, granddaughters, two and three. Awesome. And they are just the, the loves of my life. They are they are really great. And, and all my kids are. All my kids are awesome. It's funny. Most of my children, though, the the 19, the 16, and the 15-year-old, their birthdays are all in November. Oh, so God. my birthday is October 30th. Then it goes November 9th. Is, well, my mother's is November 8th. My son, November 9th. My other daughter, November 13th. My other daughter is November 17th. And then my wife is November 25th. Oh, so when so you the kid get it all over with, yeah, we get it all over with. But <laughs> the, the good thing is, my wife and I don't celebrate uh, Valentine's Day anymore. If you do the math, you'll understand why. But we don't celebrate. <laughs> Just a nice high five is what we, do. <laughs> we usually stay away from each other during that time. But anyways, but yeah, that's a little bit about about me. Awesome. So uh, tell us what's that funny story that your family likes to share about you that you'd be willing to share with us today. Well, that my family likes to share about me. Yeah, because I probably, if my kids watch this, they're going to be embarrassed that here he goes again with the February 14th thing. Um, they hate when I do that one. Um, yeah, everybody knows about February 14th. Stop talking about it. Anyways, um, funny story. Well, I will tell you. So my wife, as I mentioned, is a New York Italian. And I believe in good communication. So does she. So obviously if we get mad at each other, we talk it out. You know, I'm a Chicago boy. She's a New York boy or a New York girl. And it's just talking it out. Yeah. You, you understand. Or a little bit louder. Yeah. If, if it may be. However, the funny thing is I used to do something that was called the monkey dance. So whenever she would get mad at me, I would just take off my shirt and run around the house doing like the monkey dance type thing but it was more of I, I don't know if you you remember like Godzilla versus King Kong and I'm not talking about the one that just was on I'm talking about like back in the days in the yeah. 70s where I, I just remember this Godzilla like did his breath on King Kong burnt him here and King Kong was running away so that's what I would do I would run around the house doing this making the noises and and even her family you know, when we get together, they remember that because I've done it in front of them before, too. So everybody talks about Joe doing the monkey dance and and just run away. And I didn't even think it was a, a monkey dance. I would call it a monkey run. Right. Yeah. Run around the island or whatever. And my wife would go, how can you stay mad at that? You just have to start laughing. I was going to say, did it work? Yeah. Oh, yes. Most of the time. Now, I haven't tried it in a couple of years. However, I wear this more and it was more than a couple of years I, I it would take me a while to get right? this out i mean it's not like when i'm wearing a t-shirt and i could just rip it off it's a little bit like if my wife started seeing me in the in the kitchen go, 
Yeah. The conversation, she'd be done telling you whatever she needed to tell right, you. Right, exactly. It would be over by then. So, but yes, that's that's like one of the probably the funniest parts on my on my wife's side, my family. And but my brothers always thought I looked like Bill Murray. So they're funny stories of me. They would they'd be watching a Bill Murray movie and they used to like take my face and put it up there and go, see, it's like it, it, he looks just like him. And especially Groundhog Day was the big one for them. <laughs> But I've added a few pounds on, so I don't know if I even still even look like that, but that's all. <laughs> so, Joe, tell us how uh, Joe, the finance guy, came about, and at what point did do you have the confidence that you could uh, go out on your own? That's funny you should say that. So, JoeTheFinanceGuy.com came out while I was working for a company, uh, and, and I still work for a company called Asima. And by the way, all the opinions and ideas expressed on this show are by me, Joe, the finance guy, not by Asima or Renison. <laughs> I'll throw that out there. But I was working for Asima at the time, and this was some years ago. This was about five or six years ago. And I was at one of my retailers, and they were called uh, Luxury Mattress and Furniture, and they're up in the Maryville, Indiana area. Um, Scott McKinney, he wouldn't mind the plug anyway. So great guy, great person. And I remember talking to him and we, we were in there and he goes, and I've, what I believe in is great customer service. If you give great customer service, they're always going to remember you. If you make somebody belly laugh, they're always going to remember you and want to be around you. Yeah. So Scott was basically one of my friends. I've helped him out many times with, within the business, but you know, I consider him and his wife uh, a friend. And I was in there and he goes, Joe, if I wanted to refer somebody to you, you know, how could I do it? And me, and this was, and this was the beginning of the week. It was like on a Monday or a Tuesday, but uh, you know, whatever day it was, it was, I think it was Monday. And I looked at him and I, I and I'm sarcastic, like almost like a Deadpool type. It wouldn't surprise you. I'm using like comic book references on there, but almost like a Deadpool type thing. But I think I had a sarcastic retort to that. Like, um, I don't know, give him my phone number. <laughs> and he goes like this no 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 you need you need something different you need something else you know like financing by joe you always help you give us ideas on on how to build our business you you always do there's so much more than i'm just giving them a payment option or at least own option to use in their retail mm -hmm. um space i give a lot more like how to get those customers how to bring them in what to look for using social media. There were so many things I did back then on there. So I said, well, what do you mean? He goes, I just want something that I know it's going to go to you. I got it. Financingbyjoe.com. And I swear to you, he ran over and he, I'm, he's on GoDaddy. <laughs> yeah, you could just go to GoDaddy.com and you could just buy something like that. And I thought he bought it at that time. Now I wasn't, I, I don't know. I know, but he did tell me that's where you would go. <laughs> said, okay, no problem. And I mean, we left, you know, like everything else, you know, I'll think about it. The same week, now at the end of the week, and I know it was a Friday because it was the last day of the week, because I was coming home that, that, or not coming home yet, but I stopped at a store in Shelbyville and it, it used to be called the Mattress Chick, but it's now the Relaxery Sleep Shop. And that was Grant Sparks, another friend. And he was referred to me by somebody else. So I knew like there was like, I knew everybody like within this, you know, like 
I don't want to call it click, but this gang or whatever, like everybody knew each other. And so he goes, I'm in there, we're just talking and I'm giving him ideas on how to grow his business, what to do, you know, just something like, and he said, hey, hey Joe, uh, if I wanted to refer somebody to you, how could I do that? <laughs> so instead of the sarcastic retort that really would have normally would have came out, you know, the antennas went up a little bit. I went, what do you mean? Mm. And he said, you know, that's when he said, well, if I had somebody, I want to make sure you get it because I know I get the value from you. I want to make sure that other people do as well. And they're not going through the company. I want them, you know, to talk to you. And I go, so then I said, are you talking about like a website, like financing by Joe? And he said, wow, I don't like that. And in my mind, neither do I, you know, I don't like financing by Joe.com either, but he goes, yeah, something along those lines. So we left. I said, now, now I'm on a more than a serious mission that Scott and Grant both at two different times in the week. And whether it's divine intervention, whatever, fate, karma, luck, whatever, somebody wanted it to happen. Yeah. So I get in my car and I'm driving. I'm calling my wife on the Batmobile and I, I you know, that's what I call my car. It's not the real <laughs> I wish it was. It's a Chrysler 300 Gotham City <laughs> edition though. Anyway, and I call her up and I'm telling her about what, what, what it was. And I go, but I don't like financing by Joe. I, I wonder what to call it. Now, remember, she's from New York. Yeah. And, you know, and I, I usually, if I know somebody that needs something, you know, listen, I know a guy, I know a guy, I can help you. I know a guy. And so I, I don't know what she, she's the one that said, well, what about Joe, the finance guy? Mm. I go, wow. Nice. <laughs> That's pretty good. And I, I felt my foot going on the gas a little bit more because I wanted to hurry up and get home so I could get to my office so I could go on GoDaddy and make sure nobody has it. Yeah. And so I I hurry up and got home, ran right. I don't even think I stopped to talk to her. I just went straight out of the, the back cave and I got on the computer and I got it. And there, you know, I got that, I bought it and that's how it started. And I did the website myself at first. Nice. I mean, it was just something... It wasn't anything huge. It wasn't anything big. It was like the regular one that GoDaddy gives you, but it was just something just simple. Yeah. I thought it was great. You know, I'm like, you know, I think at the time I'm 40 something, you know, 48 or whatever. I'm thinking, man, this is awesome. I did this. <laughs> I'm not even computer literate that much. I was able to do this. And, and then come to find out one of my other... Um, another friend of mine that I, I used to be his regional uh, back at Aaron's um, years prior, he actually was doing something with his wife on website building and, and a company called ClickFunnels. He changed up my website. So it went through stages. It went from, and I wish I had pictures of the old one. I don't anymore, <laughs> but it went from terrible, which I thought was good, to all right. And then, then came Ira, Ira Bowman at Bowman, Bowman Digital Media. Then he did it. And he turned JoeTheFinanceGuy.com into that website is awesome. Mm -hmm. I started doing videos. I got more on LinkedIn. 
you know, there were so many things I started doing more and more trying to broaden, you know, you know, my, my brand. And it didn't matter that I was working for a company because I was an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. I was building my own brand. I was, I was building it up and people were recognizing it. There were other people in our company, like at the same level I was that they were going into stores and go, Hey, do you know that Joe, the finance guy, 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 and they go, yeah, <laughs> I follow him. He's great. And it just became out there. Yeah. And I got permission from the CEO of the company at the time and the chief legal officer, and they all knew I was doing it and it was all mine. Yeah. So years later, I'm going to fast forward a little bit because I believe you also asked how it started and when did I feel confident enough? January, January of 2022. This year is when I felt confident enough that this was mine. So if anything ever happened, and the reason being is Joe, the finance guy is trademarked now. It's trademarked both in logo. My wife did that. Um, she wanted to incorporate that I wear fedoras and, and stuff. We went through a couple logos, but this is the best one by far that she's done. Yeah. But we trademarked the logo and then we trademarked Joe, the finance guy. Nice. And that's, that's all me. So now I felt more empowered that now I could do different things that I would want to do that nobody else is part of, you know, a SEMA rent a center. They, they don't own it. I've been, now there were other LTO options that wanted to buy Joe, the finance guy, which shocked me, but I still thought that would weird be weird. Like, how could I work for this company? And my logo's over there. Hi. You know, I, I didn't want that. But yeah. still, it was one of those things. Now, if I build my brand up and I keep giving value to people, if I um, do videos, um, blogs, whatever, and I keep building my brand, where could it be? Yeah. And and that's that's basically, if something ever happened to me now, I, I know what I would do. I would keep building it up because you can't depend on as when you own a business you're in charge of your own life i'm not saying i'm not in charge of my own life right now because you build up your own book of business because you, you get paid on if people use you or not right yeah if if you don't build up that book of business guess what happens or you don't have a relationship with somebody they'll just cut ties sorry you know i got a better relationship with somebody over here so I wanted to be able to, if I leave now, what kind of legacy can I give to people or value that I could give to others that they would go, you know what? I want to use Joe, the finance guy, because I'm always, I'll always answer my phone. I always help people. And I really believe the more people you serve, the more money you'll make. Yes. Whether it be directly or indirectly. And I know that's servant leadership, but it is very true. The, it, it doesn't matter because even if you help somebody over here, that, that money that they're getting, whether they get something out of it or not, it might not impact you. Yeah. But guess what? They're going to remember that person helped me. I, I need, you know, I could return the favor whenever somebody comes along. Yeah. So tell us a little bit more about what does Joe the finance guy do and how do you help folks? Well, Joe, the finance guy, I, I offer a, a lease-to-own option for retail stores, whether it be um, brick-and-mortar, e-commerce, 
but it's more of like furniture, appliances, mattresses, electronics, jewelry, um, gaming system, wheels and tires. Mm-hmm. You know, as I said before, there I just closed, and it was four years in the making. I'd actually say two years, two years hard in the making. The first two years, I was already with a portion of the one company, but a Fortune 500 company, which had over 700 plus locations. And it was great. It's, it, it helped out the stockholders uh, at ASEMA and, and the shareholders or shareholders at ASEMA and rent center but it helped out build their business and we closed more doors with it too. So I thought that was, it was great. But I worked on that, closed that one and it just helps bring people getting the items that they need they want now, and that, but they can't afford it, or they can't, they don't have the money to get it now. Because, and I'll give you an example. We can't, have, things break down all the time. And I, I'm going to use cars because cars are really simple. Nobody goes out, and I, I get we do preventive maintenance on, on, on our cars. I get the oil changes. I get we do all the preventive, preventive maintenance stuff. Nobody ever goes around and goes, you know what? I'm going to get four new tires this month. We don't do that. <laughs> right. I, I, at least I don't. Maybe there are some car guys out there or car people that are out there that do. I never have. Do you know what? When I go bring my car in, wherever it is, they go like, oh, well, listen, I was looking at your wheels and uh, you're down to a one. <laughs> oh, great. So I only got one more left until we hit the bar and that little metal thing comes up. All right, we're good. Let me know when that comes up. I'll be back in a month. <laughs> Nobody plans on that. And I'm making a joke. Well, Jeez, sort of making a joke. True. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is true. But um, nobody plans on it. And then what happens? The tire pops. It goes flat. Whatever. And it's that's more of an emergency situation right. that somebody may need. Wait a minute. I I need to get tires. And and some people try to skimp along though. You know what? I'll just get a used tire. There's nothing wrong with that. But what if I told you that for an initial payment of $50, you could get four brand new ones, get approved up to $4,000 with something. Mm -hmm. And that's what I offer the retailers that they could do in their locations. And so the customer can actually go out and, and be safe and feel safe while they're driving. So I think that's, I think that's huge. And that's how I see it. You, you could do the same logic with appliances. You know, when a refrigerator breaks down, you know, we've things happen in ordinary life that we're not always prepared for. Yeah. And yeah. believe it or not, 69% of Americans don't even have a thousand dollars in their bank account. Wow. For an emergency situation. Right. Yes. Yeah. So things like that yeah. happen. And that's where we come in. And I love helping the retailers. And I've had some great retailers um, that just started out in life. They're great people. And they start off out and they, Joe, how would you grow your business? And we'd come up with a game plan, just like a six-month game plan on even where to target people. Yeah. Like how to target them, where to go, when to do it, how to plant the seeds for people, different social media marketing tools. There's so many ways. And if they want more, I know a person. Yeah. I can help them. Yeah. So I love it. That that's what that's basically what I do. And I hope that explains it. Um, but if anybody wanted more information, they could go to joe the finance guy.com. 
Awesome. So Joe, tell us what's been the biggest learning throughout your, uh, your, your business career. Wow. The biggest learning. I would have to say the change the, you, you have to great example. And I, I, I want to give examples because it, it makes it a little bit easier, but before the pandemic, and I know we're all going to do that pre-pandemic, post-pandemic, yeah. you know, that, <laughs> That's actually how everything is explained nowadays. But pre-pandemic, I used to have a, a way of how somebody could go out and build their business. You know, where to go to, who to market, what to do, getting with different even shops, restaurants nearby, how to collaborate with people and, and, and partner with other businesses, even though that business might not be in the same wheelhouse. Aren't we all in the same wheelhouse? We're trying to build our customer base, but either way, even though they're not the same, they could partner together. Now, post-pandemic, it's a little bit different, and you have to be able to, you know, to pivot and go a certain route. And that's where that's where you have to think through. All right, what can we do? And the example I'll give you is when this all came out, when lockdowns and everything was going on, I got a call from one of the mattress people I know, and they're in Malden, Malden, South Carolina. And great person called me up. He goes, Joe, I know you always have something. You always give intelligent things on Facebook or whatever. What do you suggest us to do or people to do if they're going to lock us down? And I thought about it for a minute. I go, well, the only thing that we're, you're going to be able to do if you could still sell. And this is before that they were talking about, you know, like um, essential businesses and, and all that. I was going, you're going to have to take the social media because I'll tell you what people are going to do. They're going to, and I think I was locked down at that time for about two weeks at the time. I think we, we, we you're in Indiana too, right? Yeah. 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 So, I think we were, I don't know. I can't honestly, but either way I was saying people sit down and there's only so many things you can do because that's when we weren't doing anything. Right. I don't even think we were even working or there was nothing we were doing except binge watching. And by the way, that's how I started on walking dead and never watched it before. And thank you pandemic. I, I binge watched walking dead. And now, But anyways, um, there's only so long that you could sit on your couch. Mm. There's only so long before you start looking at things around your house and you're going, you know, we need a new couch. You know, if I'm going to be, we need a new bed. Yeah. You know, we need a new this, we need a new that, whatever it is. And you'll start getting in the fixing mindset of we need things. And guess what ends up happening? Now you're, you got all the time in the world now. Yeah, so right. now you're online looking at, all right, well, maybe I could buy this. Maybe we could get that now. That's where I say, go to social media. If you're allowed to do like they could come up and they, you can load it up for them and they could take it home, then do it. Yeah. And that's what he did. He started, you just got to be able to pivot with the business and whatever is happening. You got to do it with the economy, wherever it is, and be able to think three or four chess moves ahead. Yeah. I think uh, the unfortunate thing that happened with a lot of folks during that time is, you know, people thought, oh, this is just going to blow over in a couple of weeks. So they ducked their head in the sand and I right, just, I'll just wait it out. And unfortunately two weeks turned into two years. So right. I, I love what you're saying about pivot, right? He's like, you got to figure out what do I, what do I need to do to survive during this time? How can I change my business model? What's it going to take to, 
to be successful. And the folks who did that came out of the pandemic in such a stronger place than the way they were before, right? Right. And that's and that that's something, and I, I think it says it, I don't know, I can't remember if I changed my um my thing on LinkedIn or not at the beginning, but I helped um grow do 30 million dollars in the year of the pandemic. And how did I do I I did better during the pandemic because I was out there giving value. I was working and talking to all types of retailers from New York to California. It didn't matter where I was talking to them going, this is how you could do this. This, even though you're locked in, it's all right. Guess what? And then, then we were talking about essential businesses. Well, how could I be essential? Well, mm. we know appliances, that's an essential business. And, but I, I think I said to one person that we were talking about mattresses and I go, have you ever sold mattresses to anybody like on a government level, like fire firehouses or anything like that? If you have, and you still have that, you're considered essential. Oh, yeah. And then they right. went like, really? I go, yeah. So it does work out in some ways and you could still stay open or yeah. worst case scenario, buy some appliances and sell that now. Now you just don't do furniture and mattress. Now you're doing appliances too. Sure. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> and it was, it was just a way to help them. And when you give value to somebody, when they, you actually take the time to help them. Yeah. That's when they go, I, I, I want that person. I got to talk to that person. Yes. So. Yes, absolutely. So Joe, if you had, if I asked you to pick three people who have um, helped you along your business journey, that you're grateful for their help um, to, to achieving your goals, who are those three people and how they help you? Whew. Um, I, I have to tell you my wife first and foremost would be my wife behind every great person. There's a greater one helping them. I know that goes out behind every great man. There's a greater woman. And my wife is mine. She would not, you know, I've seen people that, you know, they, they don't go to work or I, I, I don't want to say not to, my wife wouldn't take that. I couldn't just stay home and go like, listen, I just don't feel like working today, you know? <laughs> and I'm not saying in a depression mood or anything like that, because I come from a household where my father was a manic depressant. I'm actually talking about where, yeah, I just, I don't, I don't want to work. Sorry. You know, the government's paying me. I, my wife would not allow that to happen. <laughs> and she has pushed me to become a better person. So I give my wife a lot of credit. She is the CEO of the Stepke household because she's the one that took care of the four kids. Awesome. I wasn't there. My my 19-year-old makes jokes all the time. My daddy wasn't there. <laughs> and what's and your wife's name, Jill? My wife's name is Jen. She's my cat woman, but yes, Jen. <laughs> and she she just was, she, she was very, she was my drive. I knew that, and the reason why, not just drive to do the business and do the things I want to, but she was the drive. I didn't have to worry about home. Mm. You know, I was basically the CFO of the, of the Stepke household, you know, um, here's the money. Yeah. So, and that was it. And that's good for me. Um, but she, she was, uh, I would, I have to also say Michael Bennett, Michael Bennett is, it's weird when you're 50 some odd years old and you go, that's my best friend. Um, but he is, he's my best friend. He's the godfather to my uh, son. And he, he's a, the CEO of Buddy Rents. 
and he he was very instrumental on getting me on a journey a financial journey to make myself better mm. and helping me to become better because i always believed and i'm there's nothing wrong with it either is you can't take your money with you mm-hmm. you can't take anything with you so when you're with your family you know do the best you know that you can with them and i still do you know i believe in great vacations you know if we're going to go somewhere you know i it's just i want it to be memorable that it's a core memory for my kids that they're going to remember it and he just taught me another way you know saving more money you know and, and doing that and he actually helped me along with the SEMA, and I'll tell you that story in a minute, but he actually helped me, you know, think that way. So then finally I got out of debt. I have no more debt except my house, you know, come yeah. on, it's the house. Um, <laughs> but everything's, our cars are paid off everything. And I try to live debt free yeah. because I want to retire sooner than later. Yeah. And what I mean by that um, in four more years, I'm, I'm, I want to be done. Nice. So that's my plan. Um, but Michael is one of them, he, just a great person. And he's an actual, I was talking about him today with, um, with one of my, one of the MSRs at the place I was at, Davin. Davin actually knew I was doing this. So we were talking about it a little bit, but <laughs> I was telling him about, uh, Michael and Michael is an actual leader that goes and he'll go out if you're there talking to him you're the only person that he's concentrating on you know he makes you be you're right here with him and he is just very knowledgeable and i compared him a little bit to um mitch fidel is the ceo of renaissance and when i was talking to davin i compared him to him as well because mitch you know i i closed his big account I got a call from him and that was a big deal to me that you know a ceo taking the time to call me yeah you know it just means a lot and that's where i see you know michael was very instrumental and he has that ability when he talks to somebody you're the only person and if you really want value now buckle in you know if you ask him a question you want advice it's going to be a long conversation. He's going to give you every point, but if you listen to him and you hang on what he talked about in the beginning, where you might be going, where the heck is he going with this? By the time you end, you go, my God, that was brilliant. Nice. And you understand it. So, and that's where I think I got my gift of gab a little bit from him. Even though I <laughs> yes. He's, he's a great guy. And that that's, that's my number two. And number three, I, it would have to be, it's going to be a, a tie. And I'm going to say it's, it's my dad's. When I say my dad's, my father-in-law and my, my real father, mm. both of which my real father passed away in 2014. And uh, my father-in-law just passed away this past uh, Valentine's Day. Mm. Both great men. My father was very compassionate and he always did everything for, for us kids, you know, no matter what he, he was the person that took the time back to listen. He never liked, he never took the limelight. 
mm. where it was just perfect for me because I always wanted the limelight. So it was just great. <laughs> I didn't scare me out in the back. That's great. Um, but he had such a way about him that he, he just, he, he really did. He wanted to help others. And that's what I always wanted to do. I always wanted to help other people. My father-in-law, he used to be a manager for John Hancock, like one of the big insurance companies yeah. back in the day. And I'm sure they still are, but back in the day, MetLife, um, that sort of thing. And he, he would always give us examples. And I remember clearly we lived in Tennessee at the time and Michael would come over for dinner when he was, he was down visiting the area. And my father-in-law was there and he would tell Michael and I business stories all the time. Like there was something to, to correlate to. And I, I've been listening to, um, and his name, Anthony Ferraro. I've been listening to my father-in-law as long, I mean, from when I first met him to, you know, till he passed away. I mean, you're talking about 20 some odd years. Yeah. And he always had a business story that he could relate to it. Mm. And you learn a lot from people just because they're older yeah. doesn't mean that they're there. You can't learn from them. He taught me a lot and I owe it to both those two people because, and I like it. My dad's and I, and I actually, I don't even refer to him as my father-in-law. He was my father, my dad. That's awesome. That's my refer, refer to him. Very cool. So Joey, you've been blessed with some incredible people. I've been part of your your business journey if they were all on the show here today what do you want what would you like to say to them well i would i would well one i would say thank you to them because i wouldn't be where i'm at right now and there's so many people out there to thank but there would be i i, I would i would just say thank you for everything that they did everything they helped me get through it um and and they were my rocks and i do that constantly now even with Joe, the finance guy and everybody that helps me with um, Joe, the finance guy and, and my business with that to even the people at a SEMA that I work with, I, you, it's, it's no surprise to see me send like a mass email to everybody. Like, thank you for all that you've done, because I wouldn't be where I'm at now if it wasn't for everybody that's helped me. Every person that I've talked to, everybody that would even listen to me or, or, or vice versa, that I would even take advice from. I wouldn't be where I'm at right now, mm -hmm. including you, Tim. <laughs> well, thank you for that. Yeah, well, it's it's so true, right? That um, we can get caught up in this uh, belief that people are self-made, and when we look at the the posts on social media and we see, you know, everybody's talking about themselves, it it can give this aura of well, everybody's just pulled themselves up by their bootstraps and got there on their own. But the reality is everyone I've had on the show so far, and, and, and you just said it as well, is we're all surrounded by many people, right? right. Who had a, a, some contribution into our success, right? And I, I, if I can add to that, there's, when I was talking to Davin today, I go, we, you can learn. It doesn't matter if you're the CEO of a company or you're the janitor at the company, you could always learn from anybody there. It does not matter who. Yes. And I think that's key because I, I learn from everybody any, every day. I mean, there's things I learned from my son. Oh, no, he's smart and he's like Sheldon from Big Bang. So <laughs> sometimes I feel dumb when I'm talking to him. But <laughs> you learn something 
from someone every single day. And if you you close yourself off and you're you're not at the ability to learn, you're never going to grow. And I believe you have to learn something all the time just to stimulate the mind. So I love that perspective, Joe, of if, if we're open to it. So my takeaway there is we've got to be uh, we've got to keep an open mind that every conversation we have, there's an ability to learn and grow through that. Is that, is that, is that a fair takeaway? What you just said? No, that, that is very fair because I've met, I've met business owners, CEOs that it's my way or the highway. And I don't care what you say. Well, those are the unsuccessful ones right? because they're, they're not normally the unsuccessful ones because they're not going to take the advice of others. They think that they are the best. And I, and, and there, there's um, another individual I've known for the past seven years that hired me on. And, you know, I used, and I respect his opinion probably above all. And if I ever had an issue, I would go to him. Mm. I'd go to him and his name's Aaron Allred, great person. And I remember if, if I had a problem, just anything, just yeah. it, and they weren't small ones. If I was going to him, <laughs> right. I'm exhausted every mean, <laughs> but I would go with an issue, but I'd also have a solution. Mm. And guess what? Nine out of 10 times, you know what? You're right. Let's do it this way. That is great leadership. However, I always said, you know, and I have been told no before, not everything <laughs> I ever want is given to me. But, you know, and there were times that it didn't make sense or it wasn't right. And I go, you know, like, listen, at least he treated it like King Arthur's court. Yeah. There was a reason why King Arthur had the round table because everybody had their own opinion. Mm. However, the one that had the final say was King Arthur. Yeah. But he listened to it because we were, they were all equals. Yeah. And I love that analogy. And I think I got that analogy from, uh, from Michael Bennett, as a matter of fact, a long time ago. So fantastic. Well, Joe, it's been a pleasure speaking with you today. I appreciate uh, you giving us your time and sharing your insights on the show. No, it was my pleasure. And thank you very much for having me, Tim. Awesome. So for everyone who's turned in, thanks for listening to Self-Made is a Myth show with your host, Coach Tim Campbell. Be sure to help us spread this movement by liking us and sharing us on your social media. And to join our movement, go to bemadtogether.com. All right, folks, that's a wrap. Make sure to pay it forward and I'll see you all next time. Take care.